Hello and welcome to the DJ Crosstalk Podcast. My name is DJ JP and today we have Miss Kim C. DJ Kim C with us today. How are you doing this morning, Kim? I am doing well. I am doing well. Glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I have to thank my wife for uh, introducing us because uh, you're in a group with her and she was like, oh, you got to meet Kim. She's a DJ. She wants to talk. She wants to get into the game. So I want to thank my wife for hooking us up and introducing us. So first of all, just tell me a little bit about Kim. What is something we should know about Kim? Okay, let's see here. I am originally from Oklahoma City, born and raised. Mm -hmm. Graduated from the University of Oklahoma, Boomer Sooner. I don't know if there's any Sooner fan. No, I'm down here in Texas land. I'm sure there is. They like to hate. They like to hate on the Sooners, but I am proud Oklahoman, proud graduate of the University of Oklahoma, Um, wife, mom of two. Um, Let's see, what else? Um, Music lover. Mom to a puppy. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a yeah. rambunctious puppy. Um, let's see what else. Um, currently, I am the I, I do marketing and event planning for a local mortgage broker. Um, okay. Actually, it's my husband. He's a branch manager, so I do marketing and events and social media things for him. And um, let's see, I'm an aspiring DJ and voiceover actor. Hey, I like that. All right. I might see some scripts to do me some voiceover. So first question right out the bat, want to become a DJ. I know you told me a little things about how you started, but what made you want to take the next step and buy gear and all that stuff? Mm. Well, I'm about to take it back to the beginning. All right. Back in the day. <laughs> Picture this. 1970s, Oklahoma City. Um, I've always been a music lover. Um, I grew up in a household where I don't know how your house was growing up, but my parents owned a 1970s ranch style home with those intercom systems built into that. And so every morning my parents would flip on the intercom, turn on the music, whatever radio station was on to wake me up, wake us up. Right. Yes. And so at the time in Oklahoma City, when when I was, I say in elementary school, we didn't have a R&B station. I mean, we just had to hit the pop rock, the light rock stations and, you know, just go with that. And so I grew up um, with a diverse music background in terms of what I appreciated. And I'd say probably late 70s, we got the the. Um, the R&B station. And so I would always tune in, have my little jam box, always trying to make little, little tapes, you know, everybody be quiet, everybody be quiet. You know, I, I could hit it, you wait for the, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Wait for you hoping the DJ will stop talking. <laughs> so you can hit the record button. And then, you know, my little brother runs in. It's like, oh, you know. I see you so, caught the um, fever early, like a lot of us did. I did. I did. And, you know, my my dad had a um, turntable and, you know, components. He had little pioneer components. As a matter of fact, that's one of my passion projects. Now I'm rebuilding my uh, set for myself. So I just got my mm -hmm, I'm going to get the little deck so I can stack it all up. (laughs) <laughs> Got my album collection. So, but anywho, so, you know, music was a constant, whether it be in the car, listen to it at home, my dad's albums. Then uh-huh. I, you know, when I started getting my little allowance money, I go to the local, it was Sound Warehouse at the time, go buy my little 45s and, you know, trade 45s with friends. And, um, and so that's where the, the music bug hit me. Okay. And then as I got older, you know, and, you know, started going to parties and, and, or actually listening or just, you know, watching DJs on this, you know, when cable television was first was launched, you know, you had your MTV, BET, I would always be recording the videos, watching, rewatching the videos. And, you know, and those DJs just really just captured my attention. Somehow I had heard that the University of Oklahoma would broadcast their late night format. They'd have a DJ, DJ Big Chill. He'd have a set that would come. I don't remember what day it came on, but it came on like at midnight or something crazy. I distinctively remembering because like in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City and Norman, that's where the University of Oklahoma is. It's about 45 minutes away. But like on a clear night, you can get that. You can get that little signal. And I was like, yeah, I was like messing with it, you know, on the knob, trying to get it just right so I could catch it. And I remember recording 
you know, some of his sets or, you know, so, as, most, as much as I could. And, um, and so that's really, you know, kind of piqued my interest some more. So was he and in the mix in those sets or was just the songs you wanted he, to hear that you, that you... He would he would be in the mix. He would okay. be mixing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for what I can recall. And then going, you know, fast forward to college, going to those college parties. Yes. So we had... You know, the University of Oklahoma, I want to say it was, you know, roughly around 10 percent black. Mm-hmm. So the black folk, we would stick together. We would hang together. And every Friday and Saturday night, the Greeks would throw a party in this little we call the sweat box. Because literally you walk in, it's like a wave of heat. It would dry. It would go up. The temperature go up 30 degrees. You walk in, like, Oof. and then you go walk out. You are drenched. Yeah. drenched because you just dance because the music was just I mean just so on point so I think that was my first live introduction to an actual DJ okay and I love to dance too so you know me and my friends we'd have our kid and play little you know moves and stuff yes I know exactly what you're talking about we've been there done I've been there done that. yes and so I would really you know I really loved you know the, the DJ he would just you know flow from one you know one song to the next yeah. and it just continuously you know we didn't you know he didn't break until it was time for a slow jam and then that's when you know okay take a break whatever but anyway so and I just remember just you know watching you know I was sometimes like if I wasn't dancing I'd just kind of be watching and listening like wow you know it's cool you know and that I'll kind sounds of, you know, a lot like like how I got caught up too that way, just watching yeah. and looking. Yeah, yeah. And then I ended up um, pledging a sorority. I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Okay. And so we would throw parties, right? Yes. And so we'd be there early. And so I'd be peeping the DJ as he's unloading, you know, back up his van, mm-hmm. <laughs> unloading the crates. And I'm just standing there just watching, you know, we chit chatting and stuff. And I'm just like, just really like, OK, wow. You know, I didn't realize, you know, everything that was involved and connected. And, you know, I just watch and then the party get going and I would, you know, kind of go over to the DJ booth and and, you know, my, my sorrows, they will always say, Kim, you got that voice. You got to get on the mic. Get on the mic. <laughs> so. Well, you know what? I'm on the mic doing Delta Chance and stuff. And and so, you know, I really enjoyed that experience. So that was college. And then um, afterwards, you know, I still just, you know, really just appreciated really good music. And, you know, I listened to the radios and I could always my husband always would say, you know, if I could only enter a name that tune contest, <laughs> I could just pick it. You know, like I can name that tune. If I, I mean, because I always could hear it. Or if I'm listening to the DJs on the radio, I could hear the next song coming. And I'm like, oh, there's such a set. Oh, he fit, you know, you truly or have I'd be like, <laughs> or I'd say, oh, he need to play such such next. And then they don't I'm like, oh, man, why you couldn't, you know, mm-hmm. so. And um, so let's jump, jump another couple years. Um, so like I said, um, I used to teach spin classes uh-huh. and um, at my local YMCA got certified, um, got into that because I have bad knees and that was just a good form of cardio. But for me, the music is everything, everything in those classes, you know, and if I got to sit on that hard seat for an hour, I need the music to be on point so I can enjoy myself and really get into the workout. And so I sit through these classes. I'm like, okay, the music is whack. And so once I got certified to teach, I was like, that's one thing. I was like, you will never have a whack set as long as I'm teaching. And so I would put together playlists at the time on iTunes. I would buy all the music on, just before Spotify, buy all hundreds and hundreds of songs, you know, put together my playlist. So I have a Michael Jackson playlist. I have a Prince playlist. I'd have an 80s playlist. I'd have, you know, and I'd have, I mean, I literally had probably about 50 plus, maybe 75 different playlists that I would rotate for my classes. And so um, I don't know what caused me to look into the apps to see, maybe it just came up. You know, I was looking through the apps and I saw a DJ app. Kim. And so I downloaded it to my phone uh-huh. and to my, uh, my iPad. 
And I used to play around with it. You know, I would do the sync function because, you know, I didn't know how to catch that beat quite yet. Then I thought, you know, bring this into my classes. Mm -hmm. And because I, you know, one thing I didn't like, I didn't like, you know, the song starting and stopping. You know, I wanted a continuous mix of songs. And so I brought that concept, my app into the spin class. And I would literally, I'd have my phone. I have a little camera stand and like set it up and I put it on the handlebars. And literally I'm like spinning, you know, and I'm like with my finger, like, you know, sync. Okay. Next song to cue it up, whatever. And I I had it and it just, and so from there, it's just like, okay, did that for a few years. It's like, really wouldn't mind learning how to do this, like for real, for real. Okay. You know, and, um, that was always in the back of my mind, bucket list, you know, eventually I'm going to do this. You know, eventually I'm going to give me some equipment and just, you know, surely if I could do it on app, I could do it on some equipment real equipment yes and um it was in 2019 my mother passed away uh-huh. and after that you know it was just you know i had this epiphany i think a lot of people go through this when you lose somebody close it's like what am i waiting on you know life is too short for me to think okay one day i'm gonna do this what no so i started researching looking for dj schools dj coaches and i found dj xl with the dfw dj school Okay. He's out of Fort Worth. Um, connected with him. He's like, come on, come on. He had a whole format, everything. And after that first class, I was like, I need to go buy my equipment. Cause I'm like, how am I gonna practice? You know, because yeah, I would practice on his stuff. And the key like, to the key to learning is practice. Hmm. Practice, as Alan Iverson said, practice, practice. And a lot of people mm-hmm. don't realize they think they can just show up and perform. And no, it's oh, a, no. it's a lot no. of practice. Yeah. Yeah. And prep work, which I I soon discovered. But, you know, it's similar to when I was building my playlist for my spin classes. Like Mm -hmm. I couldn't just show up and be like, okay, I'm just going to play random songs. No. In my mind, I already had to have, okay, what are we going to do? What's the goal? Okay, these songs would align with what we're trying to accomplish in class and which is similar to what you would do when you build, which I learned building a DJ set. You got to think about who's the crowd, who's in the crowd, what type of music would they want? You know, pull together a playlist, practice the playlist, practice, you know, think about what you're going to say to keep the thing, keep it moving. And so, yeah. So after the first class, I went and bought my I got the little Serato DDJ, Uh the little silver plate jog wheels. Yeah, I bought it, and I came back next week. I said I bought my equipment. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh, you for real? For real, like, for you real. Know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not waiting. You know, yeah, it's time. Yeah. I've been wanting to do this, so I started with that little um, DGJ. I can't remember what the the little I think name of it was. Either SB two or SB three, something. It, like it was. S, I think it was SB three. I still have it. Because okay. I bumped up now to the the one thousand yeah. SRT, mm-hmm. so but yeah, so <laughs> so but anyway, so yeah, so that's that's in a long story to answer your question <laughs> of how I got here. So how, how long did how you take here. classes? How long did you stay in school? So um, it was a I took four weeks. <laughs> or four classes uh-huh. and he he the way he structured you sign up you can sign up for one or you can sign up in increments of four or whatever you want to do so i signed up for the four weeks i've gone back since it's time for me to do a refresher because there's so, i mean as you know there's so much to learn and then for me jumping from that little sr3 or the whatever the little the little SB, one SB, to the yeah. 1000 the yeah, sb thank you there's just so many things that i I, I need to figure out how to do, you know, and it's like yeah. it's I like working with the coach because then I don't have to really dive in and do all the research. He can just show me, OK, how do I do this effect? Hey, you do this, this, and this. OK, and then we practice it. Yeah. Or he'll show me some things. Yeah. So like usually when I you know, if I when I make a coaching appointment, he'll say, OK, what do you want to learn? You tell me what you're trying to accomplish and then I will, you know, show you what you need to do and then we'll practice. So I, I want to ask you a serious a question here. So yeah. in the four weeks, did you pick it up or did you already have it from doing the spin classes or did you pick up losing the sync button in those four weeks? Were you able to so, mix songs together within those four weeks? Within those four weeks, I was able to mix songs. Actually, he guarantees your first lesson, you will be able to mix. But I think I had an advantage because I had that background with the app. He was like, you will not use the sync button. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, like, a, it's, it's, no. it's okay. 
It's okay because yeah. it makes it yeah, quicker. It, it does. And I think if you're learning, I think it's best that you learn without the sync button. Okay. Because as you know, which I'm sure you've experienced, things can blow up on you in a, and you got to be able to recover and the crowd not miss a beat. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's, I'm, I'm glad I learned that way or retrained myself uh-huh. to do it that way. And um, that's what I do now. I don't use the sync button, but I'm, I'm going to relearn that sync piece because I've been, you know, I've been told that, you know, when you're live, it's just best, you know, so it doesn't slow you down. So you're not slowed down trying yeah, to catch I mean, the beat. To me, it's however you do it. I don't care how you yeah. do it as long as you get it done. But I was just curious at how long it really, but I guess, like you said, you had a head start. So you were already at a point where I understand the fundamental concepts. And then once he taught you about BPMs, which you probably knew yeah. a little bit about too. Yeah. Yeah. You know how yeah. to match your tracks and how to uh create you know build tempo and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I mean, you were you were close, but just four four lessons is incredible. That, that's pretty but I think you had a love and a passion for it. So that's why it was easy for you to you wanted it because you know it was just yeah. for you to dive into and move forward. So yeah. yeah. I, I really like that. So you go back every now and then get a refresher, learn some new tricks, uh, spin backs, echo outs and different things like that. huh? Yeah. And and um, yeah. So that was the my last little set of lessons. We were talking about transitions because I found myself getting bored with it's like I know, you know, the echo is like, OK. And one thing that, you know, he did reiterate is like, you know, don't do the same transit, you know, change yeah. it up because then your audience, especially your music lovers, they're going to be like, oh, there she go again with the echo. But, echo you know, out. yeah. Yeah. Echo out, echo out, echo out, echo out. Nah, so, I mean, yeah, it's good to learn everything about your board. And there's so much. Like I told a friend of mine last night, unless you created it, you'll never know everything in those boards. And it's just, it's incredible what they put in there. But once, you know, that's why I, I like listening to the DJs on the radio sometimes because they are, I mean, they have this effect I love. It's, you know, like a backspin with an echo on it. That is so mm. cool to me. So just, I mean, you pick up different things listening to other DJs and they don't do, some of them will get redundant with their echo outs and spin outs and things, but hey, that's them. They getting paid to do it. So exactly. I already know you've been, you've had a love and a passion for it. So when did you actually do your first, I won't say gig, or I'll just say gig, paid gig. When did you get your first paid gig or do your first live event in front of somebody? Okay. Well, my first gig it was actually my birthday party. Oh, it was a virtual. This was in 2020 when we were oh, still, you know. Yes. And so, but one thing I found out quickly: it's hard to host your own event and DJ. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I learned that. Yeah, like, whoa, it's a lot of work. But that was my official kind of like coming out party. Party, okay. So I, you know, I did like a little mix, and then we played some games, did some more mixes, but. Um, let's see here. I, my first paid paid, it was a, it was a virtual event. It was, was it last summer? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a virtual, it was a family reunion. Oh, okay. And, um, and it was actually, I hope she's not listening. I mean, I, I was <laughs> like, you pay me to do just, you're going to have to share it with her. <laughs> I mean, cause really, cause they had an agenda. I was just the sidebar. Yeah. So, you know, I played background music and then she wanted a time when, you know, she wanted some music. But, you know, they had a full agenda. So my piece was so small. It was very small. I think my it biggest paid was still a learning experience. And it, virtual, it was. Virtual, yeah. virtual is totally different. You got to pay. It's not like you have to pay really close attention when your parts come in because you can't miss it. You don't want dead air. So they're fun and, and very interesting. But go ahead. Then I had a gala that um, I was contracted to do. OK, and that was interesting, too. It was um, a local nonprofit. And so they had it wasn't in Zoom. It was one of those virtual uh, conference platforms. Mm hmm. And so, you know how you've gone to some of these events that are virtual, it's not Zoom, but like you go into a waiting area or they have like exhibit halls or different places, different meeting spaces. You can go. So it was similar to that, but it was just a gala. So everybody stayed in the same room. I couldn't see the participants, but they could see me whenever the tech would cue me up, you know, 
Uh-huh. Um, and so they had different speakers. Um, they had an awards presentation. They had a slideshow. And so I played the background music for that. But then they saved the last 30 minutes for me. All right. And so um, as and so let me. So this was it's a Christian nonprofit. So like, OK, I can't play back that thing up. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, OK, I got to really prepare, you know, so I did my, you know, did my research, my due diligence. You know, I, I know the 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 president of the nonprofit. I know what she likes. So I, tuned, I honed in on that. You know, OK, what are some of your favorites? You yeah. know, like, you know, 70s, you know, that. OK, cool. That's right. That's my lane right there. So just, you know, some feel good music and then, you know, not being able to see anybody. You can't see reactions. Yeah. So I'm like, OK, well, I, I, I mean, I'm going to have to be more animated than I normally am. And so, you know, I'm encouraged people to dance and, you know, I'm like, OK, you know, pumping them up. OK, y'all who remember the snake? Let's snake, you know, and just, you know, just trying to keep them. I mean, I yeah. hope they were entertained, you know, because you know how it is when you're sitting on the other end of a virtual, you know, if you're a participant, you just kind of sitting and you, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you I want understand. people to do something. So next time you do one, if you ever do another one, ask them yeah. to at least at the end, put some, uh, you know, a screen of people so you can talk to them and interact with them. And that's yeah. what most of the ones I do, even though it's been those, I've done a gala type, I've done a whole a few of them like that, but they always at the end when I'm DJing, they'll put like, a screen full of people so I can pick on somebody and say, hey, Kim, come on. I see you over there dancing. Yeah, 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 that would have been so great. That would have been that better been for great. you. But, mm-hmm. but you taking it upon yourself to encourage them was good. because you. So that makes you an interactive DJ already. You already got the feel and know what it takes to get people moving and you don't want it to be a dead yeah. party. So, hey, if y'all don't yeah. start, I'm going to start it by my dang self. That's right. That's right. Um. So now that we're going to move on to this, uh, what is it that you... That makes, you know, you still want to stay in the business now that you, I won't say business, but you're DJing. So do you still love it as much as you did when you first got into it or you jumped into it? I still love it. I want to learn more. Um, I need to get out of my way. And let me explain. Okay. <laughs> let me explain. So I've got a, a, a good friend of mine and sort of DJ friend. And so we've been connecting and, um, you know, she's, she's yeah. Light years ahead of me. But as we talk, you know, she's like, okay, we need to get you out there. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. She's like, quit saying you ready. You are ready. You know? And I just, you know, that self-talk in your head, like, am I really ready? Can I really do this? And so that's why I mean, I need to get out of my own way. I need to just not talk myself out of it and just go for it. Um, so she's got a couple things that we're, we're talking through potentially uh, that I could, you know, help her out with. Um, um, but again, I just need to, you know, have self-confidence in myself because I just, you know, and, and, and one thing she explained it, and I know this, it's like, you know, every, every DJ is different just because I'm not, I'm not a term tableist doesn't mean I'm not a great DJ. And, you know, cause I get caught up in the whole mix, the scratching. It's a, I, that's not my lane. That's hers. Yeah. And so that's, yeah. Not, that's not really events, especially not weddings. It depends on what you're doing, but right. most of those are not, I mean, that's not the place for it. That's home doing your thing. And if you have someone you're showing out and you're just doing it, that's okay. But most events, you, you just need to play good music, put it in the mix yeah. or yeah. You know, whatever. That part is not required at most events. So get that out your head. She right. Get out yeah. your own way. The performance is that microphone and playing good music. And yeah. you know, when it's party time, putting it in the mix, going back and forth, interacting with your crowd, making sure they're involved, mm. having a good time. But all of that other stuff, I used to have a good friend, a guy who actually taught me. He would he I always get on him and I say, I never want to be like that. He always his head down. Cutting and scratching. I was like, do you look at the dance floor? Because people are not dancing when you're doing that. So I said, mm-hmm. my mentor, you t- I said, the one thing you did teach me was to make sure I pay attention to my dance floor. So, I mean, he was a great DJ, but he always wanted to do that stuff in the club. And I'm like, man, these people just want to dance and have a good time on Friday night. Let yeah. them down. It's, it's time to yeah. party. They don't want to see Jazzy yeah. Jeff or uh, the Ron Master, uh, Jam Master J. They want to see a club DJ just having a good time. So, no, you don't need mm-hmm. all that to get out there. Once you, you get out there and do it, you'll feel, you'll know what you feel. Yeah, it's okay to hit one so they know that you can do it. But 
it's not it's not a part of showmanship in just events. So is there, then, you know, I, I, ahead, I see some then I see those DJs that they don't mix. And it's just like, OK, if they can get out there and get paid doing that, <laughs> I'm like, surely, surely, no, I think I'll be I think I'll be all right. I yeah, will you, be all right. I'll be all right. So let me ask you this. Is there anything now that you're in the industry that you don't like about the industry? I mean, you're not really in industry, but I'm saying from mm-hmm. just interacting with other DJs and talking to people, is there is or if you're doing events or mm-hmm. just anything you can think of, you're dealing in as a DJ dealing with other people business wise. Hmm. See, yeah, I'm so early in. I mean, I'm just green. You know, I'm just like, well, I mean, I'm okay. just like well I'll you ask know. you another question then. Yeah. Besides the people that you've paid to help you, if you reached out to anybody and said, hey, this, 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 how has their reaction been? Have they been helpful mm-hmm. or have they shown you away or have not had time for you? Or mm-hmm. had a couple people I've, you know, slid in their DMs and but I didn't get a response. So, uh-huh. you know, it's like, you know, okay whatever you know i'm yeah. not gonna let that slow me down but then i connect with with folk like you know like i said dj friend we connected through because you know we're in the same sorority it, we have a mutual sorority sister that we know and she mm-hmm. introduced me to her and you know at first i was thinking you know she was gonna blow me off because you know she's with you know big time and the new orleans area doing her thing and i'm like shit but i mean she reached out and she has just been consistently i mean she'll blow me up she's okay you know what you working on how you doing let what you you know we gotta get your stuff together so you can be ready so i really really appreciate her because she's encouraging me to get you know to get ready, you yeah. know, like get my website, get my, you know, get my mixes recorded so I can put them on my website so people can, you know, listen to what I do. Yeah. So yeah. Um, all you need is one, just one person yeah. to help you and encourage you along the way. But that's I'm going to give a self plug right here. That's why I created Crosstalk, because there's so many people out there you reach out to. They don't want to help you. Like, I don't know if you remember back in the day, you probably didn't notice, but a lot of DJs would have their records covered up and just have the little marks where, the, where they catch them. Mm. That's because they didn't want to share the knowledge. And I just hate that the industry sometimes can be like that. Um, mm-hmm. If you make Kim, if I make Kim better, Kim rises a level. We all keep going up. But if I keep Kim down and Kim is out there doing horrible work, we're going to keep the business. So I think that's crosstalk is the reason why I created mm. I want to bring everybody up because if we all go mm. it's better for, the whole industry is better as a whole so all at Hayden and not you know res- nobody is too little for you to respond to or help or even if you don't have time hey let me, what can I answer you know you can take mm. 10 minutes out your day and answer somebody and reply back to a question it, it won't kill That's you because you, know, you yeah. came from you started somewhere so you know and, yeah. and I just feel like we should all help each other if you don't want to help me just say hey I ain't got time then I know to never and I know how to feel about you so so, but the non-help, yeah. the blowing people off and not want to help them, I just don't understand why we do that. I can't take any of the knowledge that I have been given with me when I die and I haven't given it to anybody. That's law. Mm-hmm. But if I try to give it to 230 people or however many people in crosstalk, I feel like, you know, they can give it to 200. So it's just going to keep spreading, keep spreading, keep spreading. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm just yeah. trying to pay it forward, pay it back, whatever I have to do to make this DJ industry much, much, much better. That's good. That's good. You know, one thing I I have learned that, you know, there's business out there for everybody. Yeah. Every level. Yeah. And, you know, people may or may not like my style, but they may love your style. You know, so, Mm -hmm. you know, we all have our different um, niches. Yeah. And I I, I think there's business out there for everybody. I'll give you a great example. Like on a Friday, Saturday, I'll make a post. Hey, who all's working? Drop a picture of what you're doing. And then sometime at the end of when everybody then put, I say, now, how many of y'all had to stab somebody to get that work tonight? Nobody. So why do we stab each other in the back? And then, you know, we Mm -hmm. have like seven DJs that work for us. Oh, you know, sometimes I have seven people. I didn't I didn't cut nobody's throat or cut behind nobody or talk bad about nobody to have my seven people working. So I, I just don't understand the industry like that. You don't have to be like that. It, there's a party around the corner. There's a club or something, you know, just and, and share. If you can't do it and you don't have nobody. Hey, Kim, would you like to go and DJ at Kona Grill for me tonight? Yeah, it's not a lot of money. 
but it can get you some experience and in front of some people and you can see, reach your audience, see what they bobbing their head to and enjoy mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. we, we don't do that as a whole, but I think it's getting better. The, our community, Crosstalk is better. And any negativity, I'm kicking you out. You can't be in Crosstalk because this is the building industry, not to tear it down. Everybody, nobody's better than anybody. We just all trying to make it better. So... That's good. That's good. I, well, I, I'm new to, I love I'm new to crosstalk. Yeah, I know. And I you like in there already thing. blazing it up, talking. And and, that, and that's another thing I require. Don't be a wallflower. There's no stupid question you can ask. Like your mixed cloud question, a sound cloud. I mean, you see yeah. people chimed in and try to help you. So it's not. Yeah. They're going to help. And uh, it may be five of us that help everybody. But if we can help, if we can all help, it's going to help. So my next question that. is, yeah, my next mm-hmm. question is, uh, who is someone in the industry you admire and why? Oh, boy. Famous or just, you know, anybody? Because we all have somebody yeah. we like and admire and try to shape our game after. Okay. I would have to say, hands down, DJ Jazzy Jeff, only because, I mean, not that I could, well, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I would say not that I could get to his level. But, I mean, he, when I was really, you know, turned on to DJing and, mm-hmm. you know, he and Jam Master J, like, I'm a big 80s rap person. I mean, that's, oh, love it. And just when th- those particular artists that rose, you know, and they were prominent and out there at that time, and I, you know, followed them. Um, I just, I just love his style. Um, talking about Jazzy Jeff, I love his um, the way he mashes up songs because he has a deep root, deep roots in like jazz, and so I love that. I, I love how he takes you know old and you know puts in the newer stuff, or he'll yeah. find those tread those those songs that you had you had never heard, and but he just makes it just. I mean, yeah, I just, yes. I just love his style. I always think about that too. Uh, he's one of my favorite um, mixers and DJs, but I like, I don't know why, but I love Houdini's DJ, Grandmaster D. Oh, Grandmaster I saw D. him a couple yeah, times. Yeah. Jazzy will always be my favorite, but it was just something about yeah. Grandmaster D, his performance and him mm. taking his shoe off and scratching with his shoe <laughs> and, and then putting his boom, boom on there. And scr- he was just a, he was a great showman. He just never got yeah. out front like Jazzy to me. But he was yeah. one of my favorite. Him, that's my one too, Jazzy and him. But okay, okay. And and I, I just, and my brother always laughs because I love Brand New Funk the way he. That's that's one of my yes. favorite tracks. Yes. Of all. It's not yes. really a club banger, but what he did with that song, Hey Jeff, yes. I was like, yes. man, he put it in yes. a mix. He did a mix during the pandemic. He said, this was just for you. And he put a uh, brand new song, like the second song. He said, when you get to the second cut, you're going to know this one's for you. So, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, Jazzy would be one of my favorite. I admire him because mm-hmm. of all the stuff he mm-hmm. does and how he's a... Um, He's a, just a spokesman for the industry. And he's not a bad yeah. guy. He's not boasters. He's just out there doing great work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So next question. What would you tell little Kim or Kim uh, before she got into the industry? Or I'm probably, I could probably guess what you would say. I'm going to tell you what I would have told you. But go ahead. What would you tell <laughs> little Kim? I would tell Kim to follow your passion. Okay. I mean, you know, you 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 love music. You you're intrigued by the whole industry. Ask more questions. Ask the DJ, hey, can you show me? Instead of staying on sidelines and just watching, just jump. Just, you know, and and I think back then, and you know, and I don't know how you know you were raised, but. You know, it was you go to college, you get that degree mm-hmm. and you get a job, a career, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, DJing, you know, it just, and then being a woman, too, you know, because, I mean, at that time, you didn't see besides Spinderella, you really didn't see, you know, women, especially on the local. Like if you went to a party, so it was all it's male dominated. Yeah. <laughs> and, so it just wasn't even a it's just like, OK, that's cool, but. I don't think I could do something like that. You know what I mean? Back then. Yeah, I got you. And uh, there's a podcast I'm going to share with you. One of the, a young lady that's in the group, she's out of uh, Tacoma, Washington, Washington State area. And she talked about that too, how it's a, a boy's 
thing and how she feels a certain way about how the industry treats women. And, you know, I never thought about that, but that is true. So now you can see, you notice in the group when guys, they'll say ladies or they'll say everybody, they won't just say dudes or fellas because her podcast really opened. I was always like that already because of military and different things, my background, but uh, they, it just became non-sexist. I didn't think we had a problem in the group, but she really laid it out in that podcast that how she thought how sex is and it's a boys club and you can't get to speak or do things because you're a woman and you don't get the same respect. So mm-hmm. in the group, we have totally changed our perspective on that because of what she shared in that podcast with Mike. So I feel you on yeah. that. Yeah, but now, I mean, you're seeing the rise, you know, of the oh, yeah. DJ. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. So I started following DJ Sophia. Okay. OMG. You know who she is? No, She's like 13. Oh, yeah. And she is, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, my goodness. Some of the stuff they do now is incredible. Um, DJ Curly Sue, follow her. She's really good, too. She did a lot during the pandemic. And and there's a whole bunch of them out there. A lot of lady DJs blowing it up, doing it. We have a whole bunch of nice lady DJs in uh, Dallas. Tiffany, uh, Chris Cross, Don, DJ Don. And it's just uh, Kelly Hooper. A lot of girls, they're in the group, too. Reach out to some of them. Say hello sometime. Hey, can I come hang out at a set? But don't let anybody hire you. Don't let anybody hire you yet, though. Yeah. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. But this is what I would have told Kim, the same thing I told Jeffrey uh, a long time ago. And, you know, like you say, it's all how you grow up. But my mentor was Greg Street. He was a DJ back in. I'm yeah, so I hung out with Greg yes, and, and told it records for Greg. And but, you know, we couldn't afford for me to buy it. So I had to wait till I got in the military and buy my own turntables and stuff. But it was always in my heart to do it. But I think you should have told Kim in college, change your communication to mask, change your degree to mask oh communication oh and jumped in the radio. Did you ever think about going to the radio station and getting on? So <laughs> let me tell you, uh-huh. as I was preparing for this interview, it just dawned on me. I remember now I used to say, people would say, you know, what do you want to do? Whatever, you know, what do you, what, what type of career, whatever. I say, you know, it would, you know, X, Y, Z, I give the, you know, the right answer. But I said, yeah, but I said, if money were no object, I would love to get in the radio. I remember saying that. I remember saying that. Do you know how much money it was or is in radio? No, no, it's down now. But back in the day, I mean, some, most of those guys who've been on the air a long time are millionaires. Oh, Okay. Because well, of the stuff they do outside and records. Okay. And, okay. See, that's what it is. Because yeah, one of my I mean, best friends, she was a um uh uh, uh not a, a DJ, but she was one of the voice, the personalities, radio uh-huh. personalities, yeah. and the, on the Oklahoma City Channel, and they didn't get paid next to nothing. But you're right. What they do, they have those, yeah, you know, those uh, speaking appearances and yeah. stuff, and that's what what gets them that. And the if money. you happen to hook up with. I'll just throw out somebody, somebody local around here, like DJ Snake or whatever, somebody, he had a group. And, you know, you do a record for somebody. So, and like Greg has so many other things he's into. uh, Mm -hmm. But people, and you get syndicated, Tom Jordan, you know, there was opportunity to make a lot of money. So, I mean, it's. I don't think it is what it's used to. I used to love radio. Then I got on the radio and they had a show and it was so cutthroat at this tiny little bitty station. I was like, Lord have mercy. If it's like this here, how is it in mm. Dallas? You know, everybody fighting to be the number one jock, had the ratings. Uh, I don't want you to outshine <laughs> me. So I was like, y'all, I'm just here to play music. I just, I'm just glad y'all gave me the opportunity to be on the radio station. This has always been my dream. So yeah, fight. yeah. I'm going to come in here and do my little four hours every day and I'm going to go home yeah. and, and do my clubs <laughs> And whatever, but I don't want to fight with y'all. Y'all fight about who's number one and whatever. But it, uh, I think you should have told because from you had the same bug I did. I used to put the radio on the window, record mix shows. I used to uh, record tapes. We luckily ours you could hit tape play and not worry about the song because it was built in to record the radio. So I didn't have I remember. To I remember one. I remember one. <laughs> I know the old one that you had a little button. You know what? Yep. I think what it was, I was holding that up to the speaker. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. Yeah. I remember one song, my brother came in and he said something. I was like, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. 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 but yeah, but once I had the, my, you know, my boom box, yeah, I did the same right. thing right. too. So, mm-hmm. yep. 
So you have, you know, like I said, you've been in that business a little long. So your impressions, uh, are you enjoying it? Do you want to keep going? Do you want to keep building your career? Are you something you want to do more than just a hobby and want to just get out there and just showcase your talents for the rest of the world to see? So that is something I, I, I go through in my mind just in the re- it. I would love to say yes. However, you know, being a mother mm-hmm. with a high school student, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't really just cut out and, <laughs> you know, be gone, <laughs> you yeah. know, doing all these all these gigs and stuff. So but she's a junior now graduating next year. So what my you know, my thought is, oh, to answer your question. Yes, I still love it. Yes, I enjoy it. Uh, looking forward to learning more. Looking forward to um, just spreading my wings more. Mm-hmm. So I do, you know, so I can have that um, when I have more flexibility in my schedule, I could be more active and, you know, setting up doing more events. Um, as a matter of fact, I got contacted this morning. I'm like, boy, look at God. Look at God. <laughs> if, if this ain't confirmation, somebody texted me this morning asking if I could do their family reunion on site in person this summer. Okay. So locally here. Locally, uh huh, uh huh. So I was like, "Ooh, I guess I better start getting stuff." Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk <laughs> offline about that if you need some help with anything. But um, so, if you have you figured it out yet, or do you know what your special sauce is? What's what makes Kim special? What's going to make Kim stand out, or what are you going to use to make yourself, mm-hmm. you know, to mm-hmm. have your special sauce about Kim? Um. I would say, you know, my taglines right now are, you know, Kim C, the sophisticated lady. Um, And so I got a little intro where I have the Natalie Cole, sophisticated (laughs) lady. (laughs) That's my intro. But um, and my other tagline is I'm not your kids, DJ. So my lane is 70s, 80s, 90s, R&B and hip hop. Um, I do want to expand because I do have that depth of knowledge of, you know, 70s and 80s pop. And some rock. I know mm-hmm. that'll open me up to, you know, some other um, opportunities as well. So um, I want to, you know, really dive into that and put that, load that up on my Serato because I haven't quite, you know, I used to do that with my spin classes. Um, I played a variety of music, but I haven't, you know, loaded up on the Serato to, you know, try to make it happen and make it make sense um, in terms of from a mix standpoint. But um, so, yeah, so my secret sauce, I would say I stay in that lane, 70s, 80s, R&B, hip hop. Um, I love a good mashup. I I love playing around with, you know, getting an old school beat, hitting that loop button and throwing, you know, a newer song in there. I love that. I love that. So I didn't have this on the list, but since you've talked about uh, my good buddy, Mike, that has his podcast, The DJ's Respective, do you think mixing is necessary. Do you think it's a lost art or do you think we're letting it slip away? Do you think it's necessary when you're doing an event or give me your thoughts on it? Um, I think now you're talking about when you say mixing, no, not I'm, necessarily beat ta- matching, but no, but well, like mixing or- is, uh, no, no, no. Like you're okay. constant flow. You know how you tell me like you had a wedding and you hear the DJ, the song is going down. Uh, it, do you think it's necessary and it's a lost art form? Do you think we still mm. be doing it at events or, or do you like it when you're at a wedding or something and they don't do it? That, that's a good way. Of I can't stand, I can't stand it. That's like, uh, I mean, we my my DJ coach calls it uh, being a radio DJ, meaning you know, like those radio personalities yeah, to the yeah. radio. Play one song it ends, the next song starts. Yeah. You know, no. I mean, I think for events, I mean, because really, it's all about. Well, let, let me let me back up. I have two I have two opinions on that. So, I think for events, I think a seamless mix. I think is the best thing because it keeps the crowd on the dance floor. Yes. It keeps, cause that's what they're there for. They're yeah. there to dance, have a good time. How, and I was going to say that, you know, you know, it is ultimately about the crowd yeah. and it's about what they want to hear. 
So if you play the right songs, you know, you know, beginning to end and flip to the next. I mean, yeah, as long as you hit the, the hot spots, yeah. I mean, you'll keep them for a little bit, but it's so disjointed. Um, I think a seamless mix is the best way I prefer. And I think that um, if, and I don't know if it's a lost art or not. I mean, that's just, in my mentality, this is what you do. But I don't know if I answered your question. No, you did. And I I just want to dive a little deeper because if you, you say that it's necessary to keep them on the floor, but you don't have to do it. I understand. So I'm going to throw this at you, Kim. So why did you mm. go learn if you don't think it's necessary? Because I, I personally believe in the mix. I it's mean, I personally subscribe Kim. to it. Yes. It's necessary, Kim. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get to, because you took the time to go learn. You didn't just say, I want to be a DJ. You said, I want no. to be a DJ. Big D, right. Big J. I want to have yeah. a full yeah. tool bag. I don't want to go and go radio DJ side to side. You went and paid somebody to teach you, Kim. It was in, it's yeah. important. You're right. It's important. Yeah, you're right. So I'm like, because when my wife told me, I was like, oh my God, that's that's quite the story because I want, I say, I got to talk to her. I got to put her in the group. I got to talk to this lady because I, I just don't understand how you could be in this industry so long and not have that tool. To me, that was the first, before I ever DJed in front of anybody, ever went out of my house, bought my turntable, I spent two hours a night. My daughter thought I was crazy. I mean, I every night she said, Dad, I just remember you just practicing, practicing, practicing under those stairs. And when I finally went to the club, but trust me, I was ready. Mm. So I just knew that's what I wanted to do. And that's what I had always heard. And I, mm-hmm. and I just, I just can't imagine. I mean, I can, you hear it, but yeah, it, to it, me, it, that's it, the it, number one thing to being a DJ. If that's, if you, yeah. I mean, either you're a radio or entertainer or booty shaker or, or something or MC. But to me, when I say DJ, I think of those mix show DJs on the radio or stuff like not even jazzy them because they're performers, they're artists, but still they know the basics. They know root. They know set. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I, but, you know, I will say I, I've been to, I've been to events where, I mean, the DJ, I mean, literally just plugged up something and just was just, you know, being a radio DJ. Now I personally was perturbed, <laughs> but the people who were there were having a good time. Because they probably heard their song and they went and danced on this. Exactly. But instead of holding them hostage on the dance floor and before they knew what hit them, they were already dancing to something else. You got to get, you got to keep building momentum. And that's tiring to keep building momentum all night. My favorite part or worst part is when when it's so bad, they trying to put them together and everybody turns around and look or the song goes down and then everybody has to turn around and look. I just don't know how you feel comfortable doing that and not taking the time to learn how to be a real or the the art of DJing. I'm going to just start calling the art. Do you have the art? And I said, I wasn't going to ask people anymore. uh, Are you a DJ? I was going to ask them. My question is, can Mm -hmm. you DJ? Mm -hmm. No longer are. Can. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by can? Mm-hmm. Can you DJ? That is the question. You explain to me what that is, and then I'll say, then I'll let you know if you can or not. But- and it is an art. I mean, as you said that, it is because it's fluid. It's um, creative. Um, there is, I mean, it's not, I mean, you know how they have the the, 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 the dichotomy of it's an art or it's a science, right? Yes. I mean, the science is very me- mechanical. You know, you play this, then play that, play that. <laughs> With DJing, again, like you you read the crowd based yeah. on what they they got going on. And then you put in the next song that's going to either keep it going or build it, you know, put it back down. I was watching some DJ show. Um, it was like a tutorial or something. Maybe it was a podcast. I don't remember. But anyway, they were saying it's like a plane. So as a DJ, you have where you take off, you in flight, you hit your hit, you, you know, you're out. Yeah, you build, you build momentum. And then you, and then you bring them back down, yeah. you know, so, you know, <laughs> I thought that was an interesting analogy. But anyway, back to your question. I mean, back to what you're saying. I, I think it, it is art. And, you know, and some people have the artistic, you know, they can do it. Others, it's more, you know, they think it's just robotics. You know, it's a science, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm, learning, I'm starting to get understand what my friend tells me. Mike tells me all the time. He said, Jeff, 
you have to have the ear mm, to hear yeah. it. And everybody can't hear it. And uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm starting to try to feel in a way to accept that. Because if you're into it and you like music and whatever, it seems like you should already have the ear to hear, you know, the, the bass line, the cymbal, the hi-hat or whatever we mix off of. You should mm-hmm. you should be able to hear that. But we could beat that head a, a horse to death. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get off of it. But I just, I just, I didn't, I try not to ask that question, but I just wanted to ask you because our initial conversation, you talked about it. And I felt like if you thought it was important enough at this stage of the game or your before you even went out and started doing anything to go pay and learn, then oh, why yeah. is it not important to everybody in the industry to have that that screwdriver, that that monkey wrench yeah. in, their, in their tool belt? I don't know. I mean, yeah, your <laughs> guess is as good as mine. But I know for me and mine, I mean, that's what I'm there doing. You go. And that, that's <laughs> and what I love. I will continue to learn. I, when I heard because, that, I said, I yeah. have to talk to her, Cal. I have to interview this lady because I want to know what made. Because even in your spin classes, you didn't want to just play it. You wanted to put mm-hmm. it in. You wanted mm-hmm. it to be a smooth flow and transition. So, yeah. okay. I'm, I'm done, Kim. <laughs> I'm going to leave it alone. All right. So, Miss Kim, now that you're out there. Now, yeah. And one other thing. I don't know why, but I'm going to say this. I'm going to speak it in. I don't, you know. I want to see you at Essence on stage DJing for some ladies at Essence. I want you to do that. Um I'm talk to your girl. She's down there in New Orleans. So tell her, you know, Why don't you, now she's here. Now she's here. She's here. Okay. She's here, yeah, so. but I but, know uh, yeah. in New Orleans. It has been my dream. I want to go do it too. But you're a lady, and I really like what you said. So I'm about promoting young ladies. So so I want you, that's what I want you to do, Kim. I want you to shoot to go DJ at Essence in one of the side rooms or on one of the stages. Uh, dream big. My dream is to go oh DJ in Vegas at one of the clubs in Vegas. Uh, yeah. I had an opportunity before the pandemic and I didn't get to go do it. So, but mm. I'm still going to keep trying to shoot for it. But no, that a, just gave I, me the, that I'm, just gave me the I'm a, simple. Oh my I'm God. A, I'm going to speak that into you. I don't know why when we were talking, I thought about, I said, Kim, what she's saying would be perfect for like a room in essence or one of the states. I don't know if you've ever been or not, but mm-hmm. you would, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Where they got the DJs mm-hmm. in the different spots, yeah. different things. And why yeah, not, definitely. why not Kim? You know? Gosh. Oh, my God. So now I'm giving you something to shoot for. Uh, you know, I always you put are. a challenge on him. So I'm challenging you. Even if it's not Essence, maybe some, maybe uh, T.D. Jake's uh, thing. You can be a DJ for him. Well, I have, I have there's a potential opportunity. Um, I, I can't say with what or with whom, yeah. but um, I have a potential opportunity to get in front of um, a couple thousand folk. It's a conference and they have multiple arenas yeah. multiple yeah. um opportunities and they need multiple djs so there's a potential there's a potential uh-huh. yeah I mean, i've heard talks and um we're gonna get it Kim. and dj 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 friend she's one of the ones that's um she's like the main contact when she's trying to source it out to you know some people potentially um so yeah and work out so your we'll sources I'll keep, I mean, do every, I'll, know, keep it, I'll keep it connect with everybody so i'm not gonna hold you any longer this has been this is this, i know it's fun Man. it's wonderful we probably could talk for two hours but i can only make the podcast so long and uh so if you can tell everybody how they can find your social media face you know however whatever you want to tell them how to get in contact with kim huh. dj kim C. dj kim to the SWE. yes <laughs> so <laughs> So uh, right now you can find me on Instagram, DJ Kim C, K-I-M-S-E-E, coming soon, my website. So I am working on that. I talked to a graphic designer just the other day because I've got to get stuff, you know, up because as these opportunities like I'm hearing or, you know, potentially going to present themselves. Yes. Essence will be looking for me. (laughs) They're going to be looking for me. So I need to make sure my stuff is nice and tight out there on the internet. So that's what I'm working on. My logo, website, recording my mixes and putting them up there. um, And then my voiceover stuff as well. So I'm just going to say this one more time. Four weeks, even though you had the basics in four weeks, you got it down. It took four weeks, Kim. Four. Not a lifetime, not years. Four weeks. But I'm going to leave that alone. But Miss okay. Kim C, I want Kim to the SWEP. You know, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and hanging out with DJ JP for a few minutes. Uh, I want to thank my sponsors. I want to thank uh, the 
brisket boss, my buddy Roy Simmons. Y'all can find him on Facebook. You name it, he can cook it, but the brisket boss, he's doing it. Also, uh, DJ's Guru, they're the official sponsor for uh, DJ Crosstalk, uh, DJ Event Gear. So hit my boy up if you need some gear. And once again, I want to say thank y'all. Thank y'all for listening to the podcast, and we're going to see y'all next time on the flip side. And all the beat Jeff was backing me up and all of a sudden he brought in a cut and I dropped my microphone.